So excited for today. I have an amazing mama on the line. We've been talking about doing this for quite some time and we are finally connecting. I have Sue Groner, who is an incredible mama as well as author of her book, which is 101 Ways to Rock Your World. It is all about simple strategies for parenting with sanity and joy. And Sue Groner is known as the parenting mentor. Sue, welcome to my show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. I know we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm glad it is finally happening. And you sent me your book and I got to use it and read it. And I definitely still refer back to it when I'm having a moment. If I I leave it in the bathroom, like you said, and if I just like have a moment, I'll kind of leaf through and find something that makes me feel good. And you know, what I really like about it is it's not something you have to read from front to back. It's not something by any means that you have to feel like you have to constantly follow or change your routine. It can kind of just be picked up loose reading, and like you said, just helps you find that sanity and joy in parenting. That's right. That was sort of the purpose in writing it, not to stress you out, but to make you feel like you're doing a good job as a parent and that you've got it, as opposed to like, oh my gosh, I am reading all, I used to read these parenting books and they would stress me out so much because I would like get halfway through and say, oh great, I've already screwed up my kids. (laughs) Right? You're reading and you're like, well, didn't do that, didn't do that, didn't do that. Right, exactly. (laughs) Totally. No, and I love, I think your book is like really bite-sized information. It's fun. It's easy to read. You know, it's like super simple when you're flipping through the pages, which I think makes things so much easier because when you're a parent, especially new mama like me, you barely have time to like read. So you need something that's like bite-sized and easy to go through and that you feel like you can pick up and put down and not have to sit there and keep going and be like oh my gosh how much more until I get the information that I need it's very much you know there for you so like you said you created this because out of obviously out of your own you know needs and wants of your own you know structure and going through parenthood can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we kind of get into your book yeah I'm a mom of two Um, my daughter is now 22 and my son is 20. Um, so I've definitely been around the block in the parenting thing for a while. Um, I, a few years ago, I started a business called The Parenting Mentor. And the goal for that is really to help parents be happier and more relaxed, to reduce the stress and anxiety that comes like just inevitably from the everyday things that happen in your parenting life. You know, no one's exempt from that. You know, could have fantastic kids, but, you know, we can't control our kids the way we want them to all the time. They're going to be who they are and do what they want to do and not always listen and not act exactly the way we want them to. And that can be frustrating. And, you know, what I do is really help you figure out ways to communicate better with your kids, have a different perspective on understanding what they're going through and all these little things like really add up to you know letting you take that deep breath and and not worrying so much and not getting so stressed out absolutely and like you said it doesn't matter you know if you have the best kid you know for that you think in the world it's like they still are going to do what they want to do they're still kids and you're still navigating and learning everything and it's like you know Amelia's 19 months old now and it's like she's she really is such a good babe and like people will watch her and be like oh my god she's a dream and she is but she's still 
is growing. She's still exploring and she's still testing. So I'm still dealing with all kinds of, you know, little problems, of course, that are hard on me. And that even though she's a good kid, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, today is really hard. And like, you know, you do get very stressed out and you do feel insane and out of touch. And so it's good to have, you know, something like your book to be able to go to and feel like, okay, I'm not so out of touch. This isn't so insane. And like, this actually is super normal. And like, let me actually read some quick tips here to make myself feel grounded again. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you're not going to find all the answers in, in the book. I mean, the book is, you know, really meant to help you, you know, all throughout the way. But, um, you know, sometimes you need a call or a session that you're going through. You're, you know, everybody's so different. You know, you were raised in one way. I was raised differently. You know, your husband was raised differently. And so we all come to parenting with different ideas of how we think things are supposed to be, you know. And so, and then our kids are completely different also. Even, you know, if you have another child, you'll see, you know, every kid in, in every family is going to be different. And so, you know, it can be helpful to talk to somebody, whether it's me or another person who does the kind of thing that I do, to really help you get on track and focus on dealing with the little things that, you know, are driving you crazy at the moment, <laughs> you know, and as, as Amelia gets older, you know, she's going to realize, wow, you know what, I have control over my life, you know, I can, I can say no. I don't have to do everything I'm told, you know, and then all of a sudden it gets a lot harder unless you say, wow, this is good. You know, I want her to stand up for herself. I want her to make her own decisions. I want her to feel like she's her own person. And then at the same time, we come into this sort of, we bump into the wall because we sort of feel like, you know, I'm the parent, I tell you what to do and you do it. Although we, you've learned that doesn't work anymore because we don't parent punitively like, you know, generations ago did. And so how do we get around that? Like, you know, allowing our kids to become who they want to be as opposed to who we think they should be. Right. right? That's a that's lot of conflict said. happens around that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I, I feel like it's hard as the parent, but what's one of the best things that we can do is to try to put ourselves into the mind of our child. You know, if they're a year and a half or they're three or they're eight or they're 15 or whatever that age is, if we can think about how are they feeling, you know, what's going in through their mind, you know, a little tiny little child, you know, may get upset because the cookie's the wrong shape. You know what I mean? Right. And we're like, yeah. it's a cookie. Like, you're going to eat it. Who cares? Just eat it. Be quiet, you know? But for some reason, they have this idea that it has to be a certain way. And we can't just poo-poo that. You know, we need to validate how they feel about it. And yeah, we don't necessarily have to go through the box and find them the perfectly round shaped cookie, but we can, we're, we can let them know it's okay to feel the way that they do. It's okay, okay to be frustrated about it, you know, and then come up with a, a way around that. Like, hey, you know what? 
if you close your eyes and pretend that you already took a bite out of that cookie, it's already not going to, it's already going to change shape. So <laughs> see how many different times you can make that, the shape of that cookie change, you know, with every little bite. And then it becomes a little game, but you've already said, I get it. I get that you're frustrated. It's not exactly the way you wanted it to be. And yet that is frustrating. It's frustrating for mommy when she wants something to be a certain way and it's not. Right. So true. And so for you, obviously you kind of learned this from trial and error with your own two girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I so did. with your own two kids, did you feel like when you were in it, you were kind of already doing this or did you feel like you kind of learned along the way and then when you came out of it, you were able to really then kind of sit down and say, okay, how do I help other parents? I'm just, I'm just so curious because I try to, of course, stay, you know, in it when I'm very much in it with Amelia and I try to be very present as much as I can be and pay attention, like you said, to little things that are upsetting her or think like she does and try to be, you know, as much open-minded as I can be as I get frustrated. But there's definitely times where I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're not listening. And, you know, you're, you're not understanding anything I'm saying and it makes me want to shut down. And so, you know, it it can be very discouraging for, uh, you know, a new mama who feels that. Yeah, it can. (laughs) Um, I guess, you know, part of the reason why I probably do what I do is because, you know, I I innately just happen to have a good sense of it, but I made a lot of mistakes along the way too. Um, And I've learned, like I used to say to my kids, you know, Oh, sweetie, it's okay. Don't be sad, you know, or don't worry, it'll be fine. And, and, and I realized that the more I said that, the more I was telling my kids, you shouldn't be feeling the way that you feel, right? Don't feel sad. Don't worry. Don't be frustrated. Don't get angry. You know, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Like all those things. I realized, wow, that is so the wrong message. You know, it's like, yeah, of course you're upset. I don't blame you. It's really hard when you can't have what you want at this moment, you know, or of course you're disappointed, you know, that daddy's not coming home, you know, before you go to bed tonight. I'm disappointed about that too. Or, you know, whatever the thing is, yes, you're allowed to feel those feelings. What we need to do is help them through them, you know, right? not fix it, not fix it, but show them that you get to the other side and you feel better. So we model that when you're frustrated and you can say to her or Amelia all the time, you know, Oh, mommy's so frustrated right now. Mommy's really upset. Mommy's really disappointed because I was going out with my friends tonight and the babysitter just called and canceled and now I can't go. And I'm really disappointed. I was really looking forward to that. You know, by putting words to the feelings, we teach our kids, that those feelings have words, and then instead of them having to act it out, right, they'll right. be able to start using those words too and say, I'm really frustrated, you know, right. instead of throwing things or having right. a tantrum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, I, you know, I like to call this something like normalizing negative feelings. Okay. Right. 
the more we normalize negative feelings, the more they're allowed to experience them, the more they see how easy it is ultimately to get out of them. You know, or it's not always easy, but that, that they have the power to do it. And so do we. And so they see, well, mommy's really upset now, but 10 minutes from now, mommy's fine. Yeah. You know? right. And, you know, I'm really upset now, but later on, I'm not. And then as parents, we can say, hey, you know, remember when you were so upset about that? Look how you got out of that. You know, remember that, you know, I'll remind you next time when you feel that way, how it doesn't last that long. Yeah. Right. I personally believe that so much of adolescent anxiety comes because these kids have been told to not feel certain ways. And then once they start feeling it, why am I feeling worried? Why do I feel so worried? You know, why is this making me so upset? There's something wrong with me. I shouldn't feel this way. Right. So then you just double down on the whole thing. But if they're going like, okay, I'm upset. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, of course I do. It's going to pass and I'll be fine. Right. Like that's the message that we need to think over and over and over again. You know, and if your kid wants to like hit you because they're angry or throw things, well, no, that's not okay. I know you're really angry, but you people don't hit people. Right. Okay? Like I love, I love these like big, blanket statements people like to wear shoes that's why people wear coats people don't hit people you know it's right. not like you're not allowed to hit me you can't do this it's people don't and it's not even like in our family we don't hit people people don't hit people you know but if you want to hit something else let's find something for you to hit you know let's find a, a pillow let's have it be your hitting pillow you know and we're going to put it in this spot so anytime that you get really angry and you need to hit something you can go over there and punch that pillow right? <laughs> <laughs> you know you have like this little I love this idea like especially for kids when they start you know it's hard when they're feeling something they don't they haven't learned how to express their feeling you know and so it usually looks like a tantrum we want to help them say, hey, of course you're feeling upset. You know, I'm here. You know, and, and you've got a daughter who's going to probably start getting into that, that age soon where, you know, and, and probably a lot of your listeners have kids who are dealing with the whole tantrum thing. That what I like to say is make a list, you know, in your head or write it down. What are the things that, make your child have a tantrum you know even if it's two or three things you'll probably be able to write them down really quickly the fact that you can write them down means that you have the power to preempt that tantrum right right it means that you know this is going to happen she's going to have a meltdown she's going to have a tantrum oh my god i'm dreading this right <laughs> And because I always like to come back to how can you be a happier parent, more relaxed, you don't want to have to deal with the tantrum. <laughs> and also, if you think about it, you know, when, when your kid's going through one, it's like, stop crying. You need a time out. I'm putting you in your room, whatever. Like, that's the last thing this poor little child needs. Because they're saying in their own way, 
I'm going through something really hard right now and I can't deal with this, right? And the thing they need most and the thing that we usually don't want to do the most is pick them up and squeeze them. Give them the biggest hug that you possibly can with kind, loving words and kind tone of voice. Sweetie, I know you're going through a really hard time and mommy's here for you. Right. right. And you can just keep saying that and hold them. Ideally, you see it starting. Uh oh, something's about to happen. I can feel it. She's starting <laughs> to get upset. Right. That is where you can jump in and say, hey, you know what? It looks like you need a time in. Okay. I hate timeouts, they don't work. Time ins are great. Time in is me saying, you need some time with me. You need to come in to my realm here and you need some love and support and some hugs because I can see you're about to go through something really hard and I want to stop you from having that experience because it doesn't feel good. Right. Right. I mean, you have to go explain the whole thing when you just say, hey, you know what? Looks like you really need a time and come here. Let's, let's, sit down on the couch, let's snuggle, let's sing a song, let me read you a book, whatever it is, make a little tea, it doesn't matter, you know, it's just that connection that you're making with your child saying, I see that you're going through a hard time and that you need me, and I'm here for you. Right. And it's amazing how that works. And eventually, your child will come to you, and instead of having the tantrum, will say, I really need a time in right now. That's cute. Right? Most kids don't need to come to you. They don't know how to come and say, you know what? I really need a hug. I need you, mommy. They're, they're not going to do that. Right. I will. I'll go to my husband and say, you know what? I'm going to hard time. I really need a hug right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we know what that feels like, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, there's plenty of times where I'm like, can I just have a hug? Can I just have a kiss? I just need something. Oh, for sure. Right. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Right. It's the same thing. And when you say how you're frustrated or you're angry or some crap happened today that just screwed you up, you don't want anyone to say to you, especially your partner, well, did you do this? Maybe you should have done that. Well, why don't you try that? Da, 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 da. Like, no, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to hear what I said and validate it. Yeah and give me a hug, or pour me a glass of wine, or whatever it is, right. right, and that's what our kids want, I hear you, and as they get older, that becomes even more important, yet it sucks when your friend is mean to you, right, right, absolutely, we don't, we don't have to fix it, we don't have to call that friend's mother, and say, you know, your kid was really mean to my kid today, you know, <laughs> like, that's not doing, that's not doing anything, you know, that's, Maybe fixing it, maybe not. But, you know, if we think of our role, and this is so key to me, we think of our role of parenting as raising resilient, self-reliant kids with good problem-solving skills and good coping mechanisms, right? Then all these things that we want to fix, all these things that we see as problems and issues become opportunities for kids to develop those things. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. Every time they're frustrated because they're trying to 
play with a toy and I can't get it to work right the you know the first or the second time if we go there and just do it for them well not really helping you know yeah it's like we want to do that because we don't want to see our kids frustrated but if we think about how important that is and that how good they feel when they figure it out for themselves and how it's okay to have those feelings and wow you know i'm just gonna have to work harder at this and keep trying we can be there and say come on i know this is frustrating let's you know maybe walk away from it maybe come back let's look at it a different way ask questions we ask questions right how else do you think you might be able to do this where do you think that ball might have rolled it's not in that corner do you think it could be somewhere else see i don't know i'm going to look under the chair why don't you look under the couch we're going to find this together right you make it more helping them learn to problem solve what right because i was going to say you make it more um easy to handle and to understand versus just being so complicated and like you said wanting them to have a tantrum because it's just so hard for them right right no i think that's i think that's well said and i think that you know it's true like i've watched with my daughter amelia like when i do kind of come down to her level and sit with her and say like today when she was throwing a tantrum i'm like what's wrong? Like, I'm like, I'm like, what do you, like, what do you need? And like, I'm also been teaching her a lot of baby sign and that's really helped us because when she, oh, that's great. or she's done, like she will at least sign. So we know like if she's getting frustrated, it's because we're not paying attention that she's signing. Like last night, mm-hmm. my husband was, you know, cooking, you know, for us in the kitchen, but she was in the high chair eating and she was signing all done and she was getting frustrated. And I was on the couch answering emails and I didn't see her signing and he was cooking and he, he turned around and he's like what's wrong Amelia and she was starting to throw a tantrum and then she was like like dada dada and she was throwing her hands at him like look look what I'm telling you and he was like oh you're done you're done okay you know and he got her out but we've been doing that since she was really little and I had no idea how helpful that would be yeah I think that's amazing when you can do that if anything you can do to help your child communicate with you Right. Because think how frustrating it is that they're feeling something and they can't, I mean, that's like why baby cries, right? Right. <laughs> they need to, because that's the only way they have to communicate what's going on. That's something bothering them. Right. Exactly. They need, like, just like we say, like, that upsets me. They can't say that. Right. <laughs> and I think it's true. Like, you know, well, your book and like just you, like the way you, you know, parent, and like mentor and you know like your services i think it's a good approach because a lot of times i think that as all of us do and i'm guilty of this as well we overthink everything everything is like oh there must be this whole you know grand scheme to why they're this upset or why this is happening and we make everything more complicated in life than it needs to be and it's like it's as simple as like you said making it so that they can understand making it feel like they you know have some kind of help or lifeline in you and are able to come to you and be able to say like in one way or another, like I'm trying to communicate with you so you don't have to throw a tantrum and get frustrated. Yeah. And you know, the other thing is like, so we want to let them know that we're there for them, but we also need to let them know that we totally understand. And sometimes it's just 
saying to them, like, especially at a kid that's so young, you know, and they're angry about something, that we need to reflect it back to them, look at them, and, and with the same tone of voice say, wow, I can see you're really angry that you have to stay in this high chair, <laughs> you know? And, and you would much rather not have to eat at the high chair. I see it. I can see this makes you really angry, right? And that's it. You don't need to say, but this is where you have to eat because blah, 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 blah. And if you don't, and then you'd fall off the chair. And, you know, like you don't have to do that. Right. That part is just a waste of time. It's right. just saying, I hear you. I'm making that connection with you. I get it. And then give them their dinner. You know? Right. Like, right. like you really don't have to give, you know, and then because that leads to all these long discussions and negotiations over time. And like, no. Right. You're still right. the one in charge. You know, you're still setting the rules, but it's okay that they don't also like them all. So you true. Know? <laughs> that's, that's, and it's, so helpful when you look at it that way, you know, and, and for the parent to say, oh, you know, I feel like a bad parent. My child got upset. And blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, it's okay. Right. It's okay. People get upset. It's normal. You know, instead you're helping your child learn to adjust and adapt and become resilient and develop coping mechanisms which we all really really need and the sooner you know i'm not i'm not professing to do this you know when they're born you know i mean a, <laughs> a little baby's like a completely different thing but starting now 19 months but you know that's okay you can start to build that in a little bit um and as they get older and they're talking and more things become frustrating, you know, and then you get to the point where you've got to get her out of the house and she won't put her shoes on. And she's like <laughs> discovered, aha, look what control I have over mommy. This is awesome. All I have to do is say no and run away and she can't put my shoes on. And look, she's getting more and more upset and Look how I can make her feel that way. That's really cool. You know, it's what's going on in their little mind. And so we're like, okay, you know, instead of reacting, right? Right. She needs to get out of the house. Okay, sweetie, you know what? Let's just get your shoes and we'll bring them to daycare or preschool or wherever you're going. We'll just put them in the car or we'll put them in the stroller. It's okay. You know, and then maybe her feet start getting cold. If she's sitting in the stroller and her feet are cold, oh, yeah, that's why people like to wear shoes. Would you like me to get your shoes on for you now? <laughs> right? Now, there was no argument. There was no fighting. There's no, oh, so now you want your shoes on, huh? You didn't listen to me before. See, there's none of that. Right. It's just a way for her to say, oh, okay. I don't like my feet feeling cold, so I'm going to put shoes on, which is why people wear shoes, you know? Yeah, I'm sure right. every parent has a fight with their kid about putting their coat on. 
or a raincoat or boots or whatever it is. You're going to get wet. You're going to get cold. Well, until they actually feel that, they're not going to really know what that is. It's true. You know, and they're not going to die from any of this. You know, they're, it's like, okay, if your kid walks down the street for a little bit in bare feet, it's okay. Yeah. Because it's going to be uncomfortable. And when it's uncomfortable, they'll ask for their shoes. And then you say, and then that's again. Yeah, that's why people like to wear shoes because, yeah, it can hurt your feet. That's it. That's a statement. You're not making your child feel bad. There's no shame. It's just, it is what it is. Right. Right? And think how good you feel if you don't get into that whole thing. Right. And you don't have to explain your life away and drain all your energy and their energy. It's true. Again, it's simplifying things instead of it being so intense. Right. The other thing I would say, too, is that what you see as problems now, and I always say this, write down the things that you see are your biggest problems with your child or your children. Write them down now. And a year from now, make another list. And go back and look at the list you had wrote down last year. And you will say, oh, my God, I can't believe I was worried about those things. <laughs> because these things seem so much bigger to me. I can't believe I spent all that time stressing out over those silly little things that seem really important to you right now in the moment. Right? And then in a few years, you'll look back at the list and you'll go, oh, my God, seriously? I was worried about that? I can't believe it. Right. And so like one of the best things I can give uh, in advice wise is these are not such big deals. None of this stuff is a big deal. None of this stuff is any reflection whatsoever on what your child will be like as an adult. Right. None of them. You know, my child was seven and couldn't sit at the table. And, you know, I was like, Oh my God, they're never going to be able to sit at the table. It's a bad manners. Blah, blah, blah. Not even close. <laughs> Everyone eventually sits down and eats nicely at the table. You know what I mean? Right. It was not a reflection of how my child was going to be. And even, you know, having kids who are 20 and 22, I mean, my daughter, when she was 18, I see growth from 18 to 22. Amazing mm -hmm. growth. That's and incredible. They're still, I mean, they still, like, I mean, as mature a child as she was, I still, like, we actually talked about this. My husband and I, like, remember what she was like at 18, and now look at her at 22. The growth is incredible. And they do it on their own, at their own time, at their own pace. Things start clicking when it's important to them, when right. they realize, okay, I, and, and when they're capable of handling it or doing it, or when it feels important to them. Right. Very true. Well, and I think that continues obviously in your own life. Like, I mean, you know, I'm, you know, in my late thirties and I realize like I have changed dramatically. I'm sure also partly from becoming a mom, but you know, I have noticed I have done so much growth in the last few years within myself and I have done so much work on myself that I didn't realize I needed to do, but that was all things I wasn't willing to do until recently. Exactly. And I'm not in my thirties. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still growing too. 
Right. Like I'm still learning things. I'm still improving myself, hopefully. Yeah. And so we can't like look at our kids and go, why aren't they like this? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they type A like me? Or, you know, why don't they care about their homework? Or why don't, you know, it just, I said, give them time. To give our kids time. Right. And when we can say, it'll happen. It's okay. Think of how like all that stress just falls off our shoulders. As parents, we don't, we can't, we can't engineer our children. Yeah, so well said. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and those you know, I mean, that I control so heavily, I have so many friends of mine who had that and they're still to this day revolting and they're adults. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. now you're in your own world. Like get over it. You know, like, it's like, you're out of that. Like now you should focus on you and, and don't take it with you, but they do. Right. Right. And that's, that's not healthy. Right. Yeah. So true. So I'm curious, obviously, you know, your two kids, you know, they, they must know about your book and your services. Do they, do they like ever, you know, say to you like, you know, like, Oh, you know, like, like, Oh mom, like, you know, I kind of, you know, remember you doing that with me or do they have any kind of relation or any comments? Like since they are, you know, grown adults. Yeah. Well, I mean, Listen, I'm, you know, even now I'm not a perfect parent, you know, and I, this was this over the summer, over the summer, at the end of the summer before my son was going back to college and his room was like a disaster. And I really like had come to the place where, you know, I'm like, that's, it's your room. Close the door. I don't care. But he kept saying he was going to clean it and he didn't. And like, he was just hanging out in bed with his computer. And I said, okay you know, I just lost it. <laughs> you have to clean your room. You said you're going to, you know, I'm like, I can't, you know, I've had it, just clean it. And he looked at me and goes, mom, you know, that's not how you're supposed to be talking to me. <laughs> and I said, you're right. You're exactly <laughs> right. But I'm sorry. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> and, <laughs> And I left and I came home and his room was clean and it was nice. Um, but yeah, so listen, we're all human. And yeah, my kids totally know, you know, my daughter's always like, yeah, people will say your mom's amazing and blah, blah, blah. Goes, yeah, well, she didn't used to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I helped her a lot, what she says. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they know and they know how I am now. Um, and I think they appreciate it. Um, I don't give unsolicited advice, which, you know, at some point your kids just want to be able to figure this stuff out on their own. Right. You know, and as my, my daughter actually said to me when she was a junior in high school, she was in the middle of something and I went in and I'm like, you know, you know why don't you try this? And da, 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 da. And, you know, here I was like, Mrs. Fix it. And she looked at me and she said, mom, you could have the best idea but if you tell me it I'm not going to do it I (laughs) want to figure this out for myself and she was not rude she was very clear and it was a great wake-up call for me like a really great mom like I'm like oh wow okay you know 
And I always say to my kids now, you know, you'll want to, like, when they get older, you go, oh, you know, I'm always, or even to your friends, you'll say, I'm always here to talk, right? I say, I'm always here to listen, right? And it's subtle mm-hmm. difference, but sometimes all they want is to, they want is just to have you listen. So true. And validate and not talk at them. So, right. yeah, I mean, listen, it's all a work in progress. <laughs> you know? yeah. But I have to say what one of the best things I learned and really one of the reasons why I started this business was because of the phase I went through where I was a very stressed out, anxious mother. And then I saw my kids really evolving and changing little by little and figuring things out. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe I put myself through that. Right. Look at them now. And I want to share that with people because it's not worth going through that, that stress and anxiety. It's, having kids is an amazing, wonderful thing. And it's got to be more joy and less stress. Right. And if we make a little switch and say, I have the joy, I have the privilege of watching this child develop and grow and evolve. And I get to see this happen in front of my very eyes, right? Mm-hmm. This is an amazing thing. So rather than me telling the child how it, he or she has to be and what I expect and da, 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 like, I get to watch this happen. I get to see how my child thinks. And they're different from us. You know, Mm -hmm. that's one of the tips in my book. You know, your child is not a mini me. I mean, there will be things that are very similar, but I remember the moment that happened with me. My daughter was taking piano lessons and she just wasn't trying to practice. She just didn't love it. I loved playing the piano. I had to be told to stop practicing. (laughs) And I guess I just expected that, you know, and said, I wasn't like you, mom. And that was another one of those moments where I'm like, oh, okay, you're your own person. You know, I can't expect you to like the things I like, dislike the things I dislike and, you know, be good at the things I'm good at and bad at the things I'm not. And like, you know, my daughter's an amazing dancer. I'm not. Yeah. All. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you know, and that's what makes it interesting too. Absolutely. Because you don't want them to be your carbon copy. No. I mean, do I love it when my kids think the way I do about certain things? Enjoy certain things and enjoy things together? Yes, it's great, but I also love that they're so different too. Right. Absolutely. Because then it's like, it adds something interesting. It's like, it's just like when you become mm-hmm. friends with people, you know, you may gravitate towards people who are similar to you, but you also have friends who are really different than you. It makes life interesting. Like my husband and I are completely opposite yes. all the time, but the only thing we have in common is the love for each other and now the love for our daughter. You know, it's like, we're so, <laughs> but it, but it keeps things interesting and it has us on our toes and it brings different things to the table and it challenges us and, you know, and, and it works for us, you know, so it's, it's true when it comes to your own child too. You also want 
to have some of that mix and not just have it be just you or, you know, your husband straight up. It's like, you want them to be, you know, your partner. You want them to have a, a little bit of their own personality as well and be an individual. Yeah. And you know what? And, and if they don't match up with the way you thought they were going to be, like interests that you thought are like nothing that you ever would have thought for your child, like we can't, we can't try to change that. You know, when my daughter was little, she came home from a birthday party and was like, I want to, I want to take Kung Fu. And I said, yeah, and ballet too, right? You know, this this is before the whole gender stuff was going on. I never would do it now, but I was like, yeah, and ballet too, right? And she's like, no, I want to do Kung Fu. And I'm like, and, and dance too, right? And I want to do Kung Fu, you know, and she, she did Kung Fu. Like she knew what she wanted. You know, eventually she did end up becoming a dancer on her own accord. But, you know, for she felt she needed that power and that strength from the Kung Fu, you know? Right. And she knew that. I probably wouldn't have even suggested it. You know, my son, when he was in eighth grade, brought up going to boarding school. Started begging to go. Never was that even in our vocabulary. You know, and it took a while for him to convince us that it was okay. Um, and it actually was a great thing, but he knew it. We didn't, you know? Mm -hmm. So we have to really listen and pay attention to our kids. They, they know a lot more than we think they do. Yes, it's so true. I realize that with Amelia every day. I'm like, wow, you're so little, but yet you're so smart and you're taking on so much and absorbing so much. Like, you're a lot smarter than a lot of people realize. Right, because people don't expect that from a 19-month-old. But, you know, she's observing all the time. She hears you. She hears other people. She's seeing and thinking. And it's all, you know, it all starts coming together. It's fascinating. Right. It really is. No, it is so fascinating. And it's like you learn so much from them. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it really is just so wild. And, you know, it's, um, it's true. I feel like even though I'm teaching her, I feel like I'm somehow learning from her every day. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you are. I mean, even if it's learning how to, you know, control your own emotions right. because of Amen. the frustration that <laughs> you're feeling, you know, when you're in the grocery store and she wants something and can't have it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. You know, but again, yeah. like that's one of those things, like if you're going to the grocery store, so this is like, seems to be like a normal thing that brings on like a little bit, you know, that before you go, say we're going to the grocery store, here's the list. I'm going to read you all the things on the list you know, and let's find them together and let's see how quickly we can do this. And we're not going to get anything else that's not on the, and we're going to get anything that's not on the list today, you know? And right. so now you have like a motive when you go in there and it's like got a mission and you're going to go get those things and you're going to get out of the store. Boom. Wow. That was great. Wasn't it? We, we were able to get in there and get out and we got only what we needed. And right, right. now she's like, Oh, Good, right? The whole thing about I want something and I can't have it might not even come up because you'll say, or she says, and say, Oh, no, remember, we agreed. We're only getting what's on the list today. Right. So true. Again, simplifying things. 
Yes. And you know what? When you're in the midst of all of this, it's very hard. Yes. <laughs> it's hard to think about all these things, you know? Yeah. You're just thinking, I need to go to the store. I need to bring my daughter and deal with the car seat and the whole thing and and get the groceries and get them in the house and unpack. Like, you're not thinking, how can I make this okay so that my daughter doesn't have tantrums? Right? Mm-hmm. And that's why these little tidbits these little skills and strategies are so helpful right absolutely yeah so I mean that being said you know with the services and everything you do so obviously you have your book your book is available on Amazon correct correct and if they just search the parenting mentor they'll find Sue Groner and then they'll find your book and they can order it on Amazon and then if they want to work with yeah, you. if they're looking on the book, they can look for either Susan Groner or Parenting 100 Own Ways to Rock Your World, or they can go on my website and click through the website to Amazon. That might be easier. My website's The Parenting Mentor, as is all my social media. Right. And so if people wanted to work with you as a parent, like what we're discussing, wanted to have that resource, you do also do individual sessions about what we just discussed on the podcast and kind yeah. of put into the book yeah I do and it's you know an hour usually an hour is enough like it's this is not therapy this is not an ongoing (laughs) commitment this is an an hour of someone saying this is what's going on in my life right now this is what's giving me the most trouble help you know and that's um in an hour you get you can do a lot you know too too much information is too hard to execute all of it at once anyway um yeah and i i do most of my sessions you know via skype or zoom um i am going to be putting together some virtual groups um at some point and i'm actually which is really fun i'm starting to work in companies now for you know mom to or you know full-time in a company and have to get in and out of the out of their house and get their kids out and deal with you know everything that's going on with their kids while they're at work it can be really tough um so that's another thing i'm doing but yeah so an hour skype session is usually a great is a great thing yeah okay great so people can reach out to you directly well well you just um thank you so much for being on and all the great information and tools i think it'll be so helpful, obviously, to myself as a mama, but to many others out there, no matter what stage they're in, because like you said, you know, there is no perfect parent and there is no perfect way to parent. And so it's like, it's the best way you can do things with your words and trying to stay sane and have joy and, you know, enjoy parenthood, I think is such a great message and something obviously we all want to be able to have and, you know, achieve in being a parent. So thank you so much for being on. Will you go ahead and just plug yourself? Tell You're us welcome you on social and like you know again your website and anything you know anything else you'd like us to know before I let you go sure everything is the parenting mentor so um my website is theparentingmentor.com facebook is the parenting mentor and instagram is the parenting mentor um so yeah so basically, the mentor, we will find you. <laughs> you make it yeah, exactly. it's all there. You'll find it. You can also search on Amazon for Sue's book, which I personally have. And 
It's amazing. And um, thank you so much, Sue, for being on and for being such a great resource to us mamas, especially new mamas like myself. And until next time, cheers. Bye. Great. Thanks so much. Bye. Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Liz. And we host the Mom Deconstructed podcast. We interview moms to find out the real story of their mothering journey. Motherhood is the most difficult job there is, but unless we allow ourselves to create community and accept the help of others, it can be a very lonely endeavor. Let's get beyond the superficial, delve into the dreams that inspire us, the struggles that test us, and the conversations that connect us. You can listen to Mom Deconstructed anywhere you get your podcasts, from the Parents on Demand Network and at momdeconstructed.com.